All right, everybody, here we go. Just another great episode, more resources. This one coming from across the nation. Super excited for this one. This is The Vital Wire. All right, Kendall, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, super excited to have you on. Uh, Aaron has has sought you out. We call her <laughs> our FBI agent, but I'm super <laughs> excited to introduce you to our community with who we see. Mm -hmm. um, but I will let you start the introduction. Kendall Babb, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Where are you at? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. And you pronounced my last name correctly, too, which is, you know, off the bat, great start. Most people don't. <laughs> um, what do you so, usually get? Uh, Bob, usually. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's most of the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm Kendall. Um, I'm a personal trainer for dancers. I'm based in Los Angeles area. Um, and I kind of just started training dancers, um, like right out of college and like discovered my like passion for fitness and how it relates to like my dance technique in college, um, and discovered, oh, wow, I could have been doing this all along. And I probably <laughs> would have had a much easier time making my dance team or, you know, winning competitions or getting like higher scores. So, um, you know, found that out a little bit late, but then I decided this would be really great for these competitive 11, 12, 13 year olds to really start training at a young age and like understanding their body, their body awareness, um, learning like what it feels like to contract a muscle versus stretch a muscle. Cause that's, you know, for just as an example, some things that 10 year olds don't know the difference of how to do. So, um, and then from there, you know, I decided to like focus on dance science. Um, I did my bachelor's in dance science from Cal state long beach and then um, did my Pilates certification, personal training, health coaching certifications, and just kind of gathered a bunch of knowledge and um, credentials to be able to eventually do what I do now and um, get my master's degree in dance science as well. So that has kind of shaped me into um, a more well-rounded trainer. I hope that's what I strive to be. Um, and not only just telling these dancers that I work with what to do and not just copying the movements that I'm telling them to do, but actually helping them understand why we're doing it, how it connects to their dance technique as well, and how it's going to help them in the long run. Yeah. Well, so you're in LA now and where did you didn't grow up in LA though, correct? No, I actually moved all over, uh, growing up just because of my dad's job, we would move a lot. And, um, I spent the majority of my childhood in Texas. So I usually claim Texas as home and I did Texas high school drill team. And that was my, my dance team experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, are you guys familiar with like Texas high school football and drill team? Texas high school, high school football. Yes. Um, I would be very stereotypical <laughs> because you say Texas drill team. And of course the first thing, much like LA would be the Laker girls. I, would suspect something right. like the cow girls, right? <laughs> the yeah, well, so I, I could see how you'd make that association, but it's actually- <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely different. It's like, imagine um like Friday night lights and it, like sparkly outfits, cowboy hats, cowboy boots, and doing high kicks on the football field. A little bit more like conservative Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, I would okay, say. Okay. 
So yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah the football side, hundred percent good win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so that's where I spent the majority of my childhood, um, and then moved to California when I decided to go to Cal State Long Beach. And um, my parents are from California, so I had family in the area and was familiar with the area. So yeah, and then I've just been here since then, pretty much. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Aaron, how did you run across Kendall? On Instagram. So I've coached middle schoolers um, and then I coach a JV team now and I've danced in college and coach college. So yeah. all of the things and um, my background is in athletic training. So as you can probably guess, I was always the task of making everyone's workouts and conditioning and all the things. Um, and I was like, I wonder if someone has done this like just for dance. Cause I'm always like the person who's like dance is underappreciated. And like, that's like, you know? Um, and so I, that's how I found her on Instagram. Okay. And I looked at some of her videos and I was like, Ooh, she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so everything that you're doing and everything that you said, hopefully being a well-rounded um, it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've you know looked at some of your work. I'm not super critical. It's like, Oh man. Like, I'm not the doctor guy. It's like, oh, I wonder why she's doing this this way. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Some people are like that, though. <laughs> I yeah. know. I, absolutely. And, and I mean, you already said some things that are super important, you know, about looking at the dancers as a person and, and making up training programs for them. That's one of the things that I saw right off the bat is mm-hmm. that you're not, you're, you're well-rounded, but not one-dimensional. It's very yeah. easy to get into, oh, stretch this, and this is how you stretch a hamstring, and this is how you stretch your quads and obliques, and, and it can be very one-dimensional. But if you look at looking at a dancer and really any athlete, but looking at a dancer, it's like you, there's still a person, there's still an individual, not always does their body read the book. So, and that's why I can super appreciate, just want to let you know, like the, the scrutiny on this end is nil because everybody is so dynamic and I can appreciate the approach you take and how much time and, and effort and expertise you put into it and realizing that if anything, from a doctor's perspective, thank you for realizing yeah. that, that not everybody reads the book. And I think you've put a great product out, which is super cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think that's important. I have a friend that says, um, humans first dancers second, mm-hmm. and I definitely, agree with that because it's just yeah it's I mean I feel like when the most of the population that I work with is the competitive studio dancers and you know I have other people following me on Instagram from different different countries or different backgrounds of styles of dance or experience levels but um my my one-on-one clients that I work with are usually competitive studio dancers between the ages of maybe eight and 15 ish. So they're kind of at that, that prime age of they're very serious about dance. Maybe their parents are very serious about dance and they want to really work on getting better at dance. And so they're very serious. They're very driven, but I think sometimes dance can kind of overconsume um, their lives. And then all of a sudden they're maybe not playing with their friends outside, or they're not like going to birthday parties, or they're not doing these like kid things that, you know, are everyday life things. So I I try to emulate that in my content of, you know, I, GS training is important, but so is your mental health. And so Mm -hmm. is your outside life. And that's primarily, you know, I want to always give like both sides of the coin and (laughs) tell them like, you know, also on top of that, if I'm saying something like, you know, tight hamstrings are due to like lack of strength, not maybe, maybe not lack of flexibility. I always try to say, sometimes it could be lack of flexibility. Like, I don't know, I don't know you, but you know, you know, your body best. So the best thing for you to do is 
probably get assessed by a professional to find out mm-hmm. the actual answer is. So that's kind of what I always bring my content back to is, you know, don't take my Instagram and everyone <laughs> right. don't take my Instagram content or anyone's Instagram content as like your medical advice or as like the end all be all because it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let this be a resource for you to just open your eyes a little bit and, and be able to seek out the proper information. Let me give you uh, some education. I, and I love that. I mean, that's, I think that's a great way to come from it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like, I'm going to take over here for a second. Um, say that like you get a client who contacts you, like, where do you start? How do you build their program? Can you like walk us through that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of <laughs> yeah. recently broke this down into uh, kind of like four different steps. So I'd yeah. say like the, fir- the first step in getting them is um, we go through like a whole movement assessment. The first session is um, their movement <laughs> assessment to, to kind of, and you know, like I'm also kind of tweaking those things as we go. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, with every new client, I might try one test per se and be like, mm, I don't, I don't know if I got the, what I needed from that. So I might have them do something else, but I'm usually looking at um, like all of the major movement patterns testing like a few flexibility things, looking at their alignment, like static and dynamic alignment. Um, and then I go over some basic technique things just to look at like their single leg balance in like a pirouette position or, uh, they're landing from a jump, things like that, where I can see, okay, maybe you're really good at copying movements, but then how does that translate to your dancing where it feels a little bit more, um, like automatic to their brain. So, uh, so that's where I start. And then from there, I kind of take all of my notes and put it into a summary of some sort and (laughs) kind of figure out, okay, what are the main things that I want to focus on with them? Um, let's say it's like posterior chain strength, which I feel like for dancers, and I don't know if (laughs) maybe you see this too, but for dancers, that's pretty, I don't want, I will make a very, very general statement that that's usually something that is an area of weakness for the dancers that I work oh, with. Yeah. Dancers are so quad dominant. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, as humans, we're very like, we're very anterior chain dominant, but usually for dancers too, it's like that if you're strengthening the posterior chain, you can just like, there's just so many benefits to it. You can just like become a whole different dancer if you yeah. have more weakness and strength there. But um, then from there, I kind of give them we start with like more corrective exercises if, if they're even needed. Um, but then I take into account their goals and then kind of create a plan of usually three exercises or so for like upper three for lower, maybe three for core, just it depends. Not every client's like that, but just to give them a bit of well-rounded, um, training in our sessions. And then from there, we kind of see how their body adapts. And then, you know, I feel like it's not a conk from there. It's kind of like, it's not very concrete step by step. It's kind of just depends on how they progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And something I've started doing more of um, now that I have more knowledge and more training is actually keeping them at the same exercises for a little bit longer. And I think as when, when they're in that dance mindset, they want to do something new every class or every Mm -hmm. session. And I used to give them that I used to do that. And then I realized that they're probably not making great progress that way. Um, and I noticed that in my own training too, just like my own lifting, but, um, but yeah, so that's something now that I've, I try to implement like more of the consistency, even if it might seem like boring to them. 
<laughs> there's a difference between the ability to do it and sustainable performance doing it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I love that. I mean, yeah. That's a no brainer. Yeah. And you said a couple of things right off the bat. And that's why I keep looking at Aaron. It's like, every time we do this and, and we meet somebody we want to, we, we, you know, we want to collaborate with and that we, we know enough about and are creating a relationship with, it's like, they y'all you say the right things and I don't know how much you've researched <laughs> me but I'm like I feel like you've been in our office for a while because <laughs> you you know you start off with corrective exercises and we tell people all the time there's three phases of care in this office if necessary uh, corrective progressive and lifestyle right yeah so everything that you're talking about already the movement dynamics mm -hmm. um, we just launched uh, what we call the ultimate sports physical. Yeah. We have technologies that we actually place on these dancers and these athletes that um, give us measurements of cue angles throughout the legs and pelvis. And, and like, so the movement index, uh, agility movement index is something we utilize and you talking about, you know, I do a whole movement analysis on, and it's just music to our ears. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're not crazy. We're, 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 yeah. we're like, we're, <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, but I was I just love your per, your perspective and how you go about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's great. Yeah. What's your style of dance? What's um, pick one? You get to compete one genre. What is it? Probably contemporary. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel like that's it's a pretty broad uh, style where like you know anything can be contemporary if you really wanted to be. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's mostly what I, I I did more like contemporary modern in college and and ballet. It was like mostly ballet modern. Those were the two styles we were doing every day. But mm -hmm. um, and that kind of like turned into a bit more contemporary stuff after um, you know out of college. And so yeah, I think that's probably what I'm most comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Com <same. laughs> Yeah, we love that still though. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Then that's usually the styles that I get, like when the, the dancers that come to me is doing like, you know, all the all the studio styles of like ballet, jazz, contemporary, lyrical. Yeah, yeah and you uh, talk about like turns and stuff too, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Specific. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say too, when, um, when you were talking about like the, the testing and like the devices you're using, um, in your office, that's, so I mostly work virtually with clients. So I didn't mention that, but most of my like movement assessments are virtual. So I'm having them also look at like different angles and I'm like, okay, can you do a squat facing me now facing side? So I can see different, um, mm -hmm. different but that is one thing, one drawback about virtual is that I can't do those sort of like more manual, um, hands-on things with them. And so I think eventually we'll get there, um, down the little bit down the road. Um, hopefully I can open up my own, uh, training facility and do the, a little bit more of that. So that's like a very long-term goal, but I do love that, you know, that other people are doing that with dancers too. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the dance community is something, like I said at the beginning, that I'm really passionate about and sought after. I, I married one. Uh, we have a young daughter who is now two, who is all like just innately. She's on her toes. She's spinning around. It's like, you know, I think she's just innately dance, uh, you know, just ingrained in, into her being. Not so much. She's not hardly seen a whole lot of it. Mm -hmm. So it's super cool. But like Aaron said, I think it's very um I don't know if underappreciated is the word, maybe <laughs> underrecognized, yeah. underserved. Uh, but it's the the we've kind of coined a, a phrase of artistic athletes. Um, <laughs> and they are. And I think if people actually knew what they're 
bodies do, what their bodies can do, what their bodies need to do, and the stress and, and pressure that they put on it um, is so important. And to see more resources like this and to see the following you have um, kind of warms, very much warms our heart that yeah. uh, they have these resources. And you touched on something at the very beginning that I don't want to blow past either. I'm very, I like to be very inspiring. I like to really bring light to things that oftentimes just get shined over and this could have just happened. But the the pure athlete is also something that you're going to start to see more of. And we'll talk off the air about some things. I have a couple ideas if you're interested, but the pure athlete is a brand that we're starting right now. That's based around three principles, which is mental, physical, and relationships. And so you, you hit on that very, very quickly. So I want to shine some light on that because dance is very expressive as well. So not only is it competitive, it can be expressive. So mm -hmm. imagine losing the ability to compete but at all just express. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And so the, the training program, like how much of that do you think you really involve like subconsciously in the back of your head? Like what, how, talk about the mental side of it. I think there's more there that you, you could shed some light on and people need to hear. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. It's something that I definitely just kind of, kind of blew past too. But I think um, as I've you know, I have more experience every, every year. And like, I learn more, I become, learn how to become a better trainer. And just, um, I, I don't consider myself like a coach. I don't really ident identify with that term per se, but I think, you know, I am still coaching them through their dance career at a young age. So, um, I, there's certain things that I'm like implementing in my training sessions, even if I'm not necessarily like directly teaching them the mental component of it. And I, um, I'll give you a couple of examples. So um, one thing would be like in the, or my training sessions, I always start the session asking like, how does your body feel today? And most of the time they just say good. And then that's it. <laughs> and then I usually ask, okay, are you feeling like, is your body feeling tired? Are you feeling full of energy? Are you feeling sore? Is something tight, anything hurting? Uh, and just giving them the opportunity to like, hopefully I, the goal is to just like do a little quick body scan of, oh, how am I feeling today? Um, and especially at a young, a young age, whether they go on to dance for years or not, that can still be a valuable tool to kind of create more of a mind-body connection and understand that, you know, it's, it, they don't always have to be ready to go and great, you know, they can meet their body where it's at. Yeah. Um, or another one, another example would be, um, like just the reflective side of it. So after we finish an exercise, I usually ask them like, okay, well, how, you know, like looking at RPE, like rate of perceived exertion one to 10, I usually ask them that, um, most of the time they tell me that it was like a four. I'm like, okay, well then we're going to have to go <laughs> make it a little bit harder. So, um, but, uh, and then I ask, okay, like, what did that feel like in your body? And I find that dancers have a hard time answering those questions because they are usually just taught to copy whatever the teacher's doing mm -hmm. or push or, um, you know, they're, they're the sensations and feelings that they have in their body are often dismissed. Um, just, as a society and just the way tradition has gone. So I tried to, you know, give them some of those tools and like the opportunities to express it. Um, I always tell this, this story too, and this is more about, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'll, I'll make it short. So I had, um, I was training. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to train in person, like when I first started, you know, and um, I had this one dancer who was, we were practicing like 
practicing push-ups, I think. And she said, you know, sometimes I do, I think she was, hold on, I think she was maybe 10 at this point, maybe we'll, we'll call it 10. Um, and we were practicing push-ups and she was doing her push-ups and she says, you know, sometimes I do push-ups at home, like in my room. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, that's cool. You know, that's great. And she says, yeah, sometimes like when I eat too much candy, I do, I go do push-ups in the, in my room. And I was like, my heart just broke. Like, I just like, I saw like young Kendall in for a second and I was, and I still get goosebumps thinking about it. And when I tell this story, and so I use that as an opportunity to say, you know, it's like, sometimes when you eat too much candy, that gives you a lot of energy, like eating too much candy. Sometimes that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, and just giving kind of giving her the, um, uh, like the, the validation that she maybe wasn't getting at home or from her dance teachers, wherever that came from. So, um, it's in those little moments that I'm trying to teach them, you know, more acceptance and like positive body image. And, um, in that case, like more, uh, I, that's, I guess that's more related to like body dysmorphia maybe, but, um, yeah, so it kind of branches out on the, on the mental. I mean, that's, that's huge though. Yeah. Very much on the, on the mental side of things too, because I'll tell you like, again, and I, I don't mean to bring it back to more of the, the, the male side of sports, but it's like, I'll tell you what, like guys do it too. Like you're supposed to look like this. If you want to play this position that you're supposed, and there's a, there's this that you take on and everybody's built so differently that could, you can, like, I was a catcher. I, I was a big baseball guy. I was a catcher and I wasn't ever as big as maybe people wanted me to be. Doesn't mean I was any less good, but there is this image that society says, if you're a catcher, you should be six, three, you should be, you know, 200, 220. Mm-hmm. Like you should have legs like tree trunks. And that does put a stress and pressure on, on me at the time. It's like, I'll never look like that. So then it's like the mental aspect of it is huge. And then you're thinking lack and it takes a lot of, you know, uh, perseverance to overcome that. And sometimes it takes a certain person to not hear that. It's like, they're just not wired. It's like, I don't care what you think. Not everybody's designed like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I think this too, I mean, you can talk about ballerinas versus, you know, competitive dancers. And it's like, hang on a second. You know, if you do need to put on weight in such a way or muscle mass, or you need to lean out, like there's, I don't think there's enough resources out there right now speaking up or being sought out or people that know are available to do it the right way versus like, I ate a bag of Skittles and now I'm punishing myself by doing pushups in a room. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say this, a lot of athletes and on this, I'll narrow into dancers too, need to hear that you're, it, you're not the only one, like everybody has a bag, bag of Skittles. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So don't, don't judge yourself and don't let yourself be judged. And at the same time, if you need help, somebody to talk to somebody to talk through it about, like, it's okay to ask. There are now, especially now people mm-hmm. more than ever willing to help. So please anybody any like there's gonna be a lot of dancers that hear this there's gonna be a lot of dance moms from the collegiate level that have little sisters that need need to hear this I don't want to brush over it because I see it the look on your face right now like you're in the fields right now like this is I am, I have goosebumps. <laughs> and I want to be the one to kind of blow it out but it's a little bit of Andy Frisella and me it's like no we're gonna hit this head on real quick yeah I compassionately want anybody who's listening to this to know whether it's me like we reached out to Kendall very randomly and she responded like people will respond mm-hmm. reach out to whoever it is you think you need to because you are good enough you can get there you can build whatever it is you want if you need help get it yeah 
Yeah. And even if you like, if, if someone reaches out to me about nutrition, I mean, I'm, I'm not qualified to give nutritional advice, but I know people who are, and I can right. direct you. And so I feel like because we work in, um, you know, the like exercise science or just like health and wellness, like fields on a, a broad, mm-hmm. broad scale, like we know people we can, we can direct people to, to where they need to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think, uh, just a great, uh, just a great topic to make sure is, is put yeah. up there. Very, very like highlighted. The stereotype used to be like dancers don't work out in the gym because they're going to get bulky. But now we're like, cross-training is so important. So like <laughs> now, and yeah, like whenever I grew up, I never went to the gym, like to be also a dancer. I would go to dance all day, all night, and then go home. And now we're like, okay, we're going to start with workouts every practice. And that's just like what they do. Yeah, You have to, in order to be one, safe, two, like build yourself up to what you want to be. Right. And there's a couple different angles. And, and this is the other thing that I appreciated on a lot of the content that you put out is, is, is it's like, it's, it's not, it's not just fluid movement for dancers. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, how to move within the artisticness of dance. It's how to, it's, it's how to treat your body accordingly so you can do it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, the ability to do it and the ability to perform it sustainably and treat your body correctly is huge. Um, and that's why too, like going, I mean, going forward as hopefully we continue to develop this relationship, if there's anything, if there's ever anything we can do for you and, and if we can be a resource, feel free to ask. Cause we're the same way. If we don't have the resource or the knowledge, or it's not really in our wheelhouse, we'll tell you, yeah. but just like you said, you don't, you're not, a, you, you're not really available to give nutritional advice, <laughs> advice, but you can mentor and get them to the right space. Like, right. Yeah. Our goal here. And that's part of our Mm -hmm. brand is being able to build the resources. Um, I don't want to do it all. I don't claim to do it all. That's why we have people like you. It's Mm -hmm. like, I can let me tap into you, give this to our field of dancers and and athletes, and then elaborate a little more from my perspective on, well, how does this work? Cool. I'm good with that. Here's why you need to do it. Well, how is that working in the body? I can really hone in on that. You know, you mm-hmm. want to go biochem? I'll, I'll go on biochem too. It doesn't matter. Neurophysiology, great. Kendall's like, no, leave me out of that. I'll just. I know. Yeah, that I am. I'm like, no, that wasn't was not my favorite class in college. Actually, so <laughs> I liked uh, I liked biomechanics. I liked anatomy. Uh, other than that, I was kind of like mm, exercise phys. No thanks. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> love physics hate chemistry so (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm just a nerd i like it all i guess it's (laughs) okay uh i feel like we should have erica here too this would be so good this i wish erica was on this as well so what do you got going on right now what's what's do you have any projects going on what's happening what's literally we've talked about what you do very Mm -hmm. briefly we've gone on a little bit of a tangent i think everybody at this point can really read and hear your passion. You're very relatable. You're very confident. And I, and we love that for us and for you as we continue to, you know, promote people across the nation, but what, what's going on in your world right now? What are you working on? Anything that you can tell us about? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm always creating social media content. It's like a never ending thing and I I do enjoy it, but social media comes with its own territory, which I might speak on that a little bit later, but, um, as far as like business stuff, I, um, 
I'm seeing one-on-one clients. I run a like group training program. That's um, it's more of a, it's like a templated program based off of like the movement assessments that I typically do. I mean, like a lot of posterior strength, a lot of like core anti-rotation, like some of the common things that I see in dance um, with like the added application of like follow along videos. Okay. Now we're going to do an extension to the front and we're going to figure out, okay, here's how to engage your quads. And this is why your core needs stability. So we're making those direct comparisons. Um, and then I have a few like studio masterclasses planned this summer. Um, I'm also working on writing curriculum for a university course that I'm teaching in the fall. So that uh, I have not actually started that at this time, the time of this recording, but I need to, I need to like sit <laughs> down plan it out. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, I was going to say earlier, um, you mentioned about, uh, about the, like how to make it sustainable with your training, not just making dance easier, not just making it specifically about dance, but just like as humans as a whole. And it, it made me think about how you know, on social media, there's a lot of videos that I see and there's a lot of, th- there's a lot of things out there on social media, but in particularly in dance and like exercises for dance, some of the ones that like go viral and everybody is like really into are doing like a, I don't know. Um, I, I, what's, what's a, I will say like doing an extension to the side and they have like a band on, they have a block on their head. They are standing on a BOSU ball. Like they have all yeah. this equipment <laughs> And like, they're calling it cross training, but really they're just doing a devil pay to the side. Like they're not doing cross training. Mm -hmm. And so, and those are the things that people, I don't know if they go viral for good reasons or because people are like, what are they doing? This is not safe. This is not an exercise. Um, And so I try to, you know, some of the exercises that I give, like are Pilates based exercises with like bands or some kind of resistance, but there are also some like traditional weightlifting type of exercises too, that, you know, are also important. And so I think that's good. What's going to be more sustainable for dancers because they're training different movement patterns. They're training like how to get low into the ground, how to jump. I mean, even if they don't dance that like jumping is still going to help them with like basketball, for instance, or, you know, it's like, it's going to translate to other areas and it might not translate exactly, but it's still going to give them a solid foundation where, if they decide they don't want to dance anymore and they just want to, I don't know, not play a sport or, you know, they could still kind of translate to their lifestyle that we, you know, which we talked about earlier too. So even Correct. though some of those exercises might be boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think that's important for a lot of uh, dancers to realize and it might not be flashy, um, like how they see it on Instagram all the time or see, you know, people at conventions or, you know, competitions, but it's still just as important and they're probably going to see a lower injury risk mm-hmm. because of that consistency. So, and let me just say this, I'm just going to blow this one out of the water too, because we talked about the mental side and the physical image. Let me just blow this out while we're talking about social media. Lit, well, not just ladies, ladies, guys, dancers as a whole, make the videos, put them out there and do not care what anybody thinks and do not base your worth on the likes or shares you didn't, didn't get put it out there. Yeah. Like people, people do enjoy that, whether they like it or not, they, you, you, you could, you could have received a compliment that you're never know you're going to get. If you want to put stuff out there, just do not base your worth on the mm-hmm. like that you did mm-hmm. or didn't get. And, you know, also you don't know somebody else's iceberg either that 
got the 2 million, you know, likes and follows and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Great for them, but it's not, yeah. not what I'm really looking for. <laughs> so you mean you're not stomping down Wilshire and stopping in Beverly Hills at the corner there where Bulbury sits doing your doing your content? And... No, not I'm not a, well, I feel like a lot of content's filmed at like Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's a big one. Um, but no, like I don't want to go over there. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. Um there was something else that I, I had to get the social media um, on on there for a second, but there was something else that I didn't want to blow past either, and I I just blew right past it. There's a whole no oh here it was because you said it. You were talking about injuries. You might mm -hmm. have an answer for this. I'm I'm curious to see if you do. If not, it's okay. What is the most common one or two injuries you hear about with what with what you do or the clientele you have or in dance in general? Um. I mean, I think it's what we define as injury. So I'll, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not talking about just like broken bone per se, but I would say um, like snapping hip is usually like a big one that comes up. Um, That'd be your cam and pincer deformity for those of you listening. Acetabulum, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, snapping hip, I would say uh, like ankle sprains are really common. Um, just like a lot of foot and ankle in general from, um, usually I think that's due to like landing mechanics sometimes, or, um, they will do everything on with their right leg in the air, standing on the left leg and their left leg becomes super strong and stable, but then they go to do something on their right. And all of a sudden they have this huge muscular imbalance between the right and left side. So that, um, I think that's usually like a, a driver for some injuries that happen, but I think those, are, those would be the two biggest ones, like ankle sprains, snapping hip, maybe some like lower back pain in general. I don't know about injuries per se, um, I mean, I, I had like a lower back injury in high school too. So I, I think that's part of it. And then, um, once I discovered fitness and, you know, luckily mine wasn't a very serious injury and with some physical therapy, I was able to like overcome it and become stronger. But I think that's, those are two pretty or three like vulnerable, I would say parts of the body for dancers that maybe aren't given as much attention. Mm-hmm. So there's uh there's a couple people I I'll, I'll give you some resources down there too especially on the chiropractic corrective care side of things some colleagues I have in your area Huntington Beach yeah. uh, there's uh there's one off Wilshire at West Hills which is a little I mean, farther away from you you don't want to be driving up the 405 uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but there's uh, uh there's a lot and and you know the muscle imbalances it's like how good would it be to have data on on dancers that we could measure on the instability, the muscle imbalances and the tendencies that put different forces through the knee into the foot. And how could we prevent those one increasing performance, but prevent injuries. It's like, would that be valuable to dancers as a whole? And should that become standard? What do you think? Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely think so. I think that the research that's been, the, the research on, uh, cause you mentioned a few topics. It'd be nice if we had it all in just like one big long research paper. And this was like a gold standard, but it seems like there's, there's research on like little aspects of everything that you just said and research in general is not accessible to, well, I mean, it is accessible, but a lot of dance parents or dance teachers don't know how to access it or mm -hmm. 
necessarily know how to read a research paper. It's not very digestible information for them. And so um, unless you have like a research background or like an academic background, like I think that it can be really intimidating to read a research paper. It was for me at first too, until I got my master's and I was like, oh, okay, it's not that not that bad. Here's how you break it down. But, uh, but it would be nice for parents and teachers to like, look out for those things in dancers, um, especially with young dancers. If there is, or if, if there are tendencies that come up in movement patterns or muscular imbalances to try to just nip those in the bud from the beginning and not, you know, maybe not even wait till you see the signs, like maybe just make sure that you're doing everything, you know, equally and you're paying attention to like where you feel pain or if you feel pain in general, just all of those things to kind of keep in mind and make you a well-rounded athlete, I think are going to be much more important than winning a trophy in my opinion. But I know a trophy is very important for a lot of people too. <laughs> Let the trophy be uh, an advocation for the competitive edge in the work put in. Yeah. Defining factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's good because <laughs> we have that information. So I was just kind of throwing that out there. Um, I think as we continue, hopefully, uh, I'm very open to developing this relationship further. Um, I think that will happen. And we'll talk a little more off the air. Because uh, again, I just I, I love your nature. And I think you're a great resource. And I think we could potentially if you have the need, want and capacity to, to potentially really next level some things for dancers and kind of continue to build that platform that it sounds like you're very passionate about. Um, and I'm okay with just saying dancers, uh, you know, if somebody handcuffed me and said, you can only work with dancing, you know, artistic athletes by way of dancers, <laughs> I'd be like, done. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of things that are very, very, um, parallels and we're very much on the same, in the same mindset. And I love it. So, um, what else? I don't know. There's so many, there were so many good things in there. I know. I don't even know how long we've been on. I don't really care either. We try to keep it at the, at the half hour mark a little bit. A lot of times we, we jump over, but, um, (laughs) well, let's just go ahead and go downhill because we can, we, we we can kind of close this out. Mm -hmm. We can always do uh, a session or episode two, Um, (laughs) but let me ask you this as we start to close it out. What would, uh, like, what would you say, like I said, we have a big dancing following that's that's growing what would you say to a lot of dancers in our area that you may or may never meet um what what's some things that you would tell them advice from any perspective what are some things that you love to tell dancers and want them to know um aside from the basic start cross training now (laughs) there's never there's never a bad time it's only going to be you know if you want to make a dance team in high school or a collegiate dance team you can't be starting your cross training three months before. Like I would say six months at least starting to just at least work on, you know, strengthening your body or whatever skills you want to get. And um, I think that putting in that work outside of dance is going to be more beneficial than going to all of the clinics that you possibly can. Um, Because exposure to different choreographers and different styles and getting better at the styles is important. But if you don't have the facility to be able to keep that up long term, then you're not going to be, I don't want to say you're not going to make the team, Mm -hmm. but probably going to have a lot more problems when you are on the team throughout the year than you would if you had the facility and you were strong and injury free and all of that from the beginning. Yeah. Love that. 
Um, last thing, question for you. You can just tell me the geographic region or state. You said a couple of master classes this summer. Are you hosting or traveling to? Um, well, kind of both. I mean, I, I just did one in San Diego um, and that was just a quick day trip. And um, I'm doing one I'm doing one virtually in Pennsylvania. They're based in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why it's virtual because we're just, that's a long travel weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am hopefully doing another virtual one. Um, and I forget where they're, I forget where they're based now that I think about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> but then hopefully a couple other local ones too that are in the works, just um, like an Orange County area. Okay. Very cool. Would you have any interest or want to come to the Midwest? Absolutely. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk more then. I think there would be a lot of excited people out here. Uh, we say all the time, the St. Louis area, I, I truly believe, and I'd like to say not because I'm biased, but I think the St. Louis area, especially in the dance community is very, very mm-hmm. underrated as far as where the talent comes from. Uh, mm-hmm. I think as a whole, I mean, you got the, I guess PA would be a part of it. Southern California's are always, a. uh, you know, a, a kind of prime location for talent, but I think that's, you know, population driven as well. Um, I think yeah. you know, Texas could be kind of involved in that, but I think by and large pound for pound St. Louis area is hands down a lot. Um, so I, I would love for somebody like you to come. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been out this way. We're just outside St. Louis. Uh, but I think uh, you would enjoy to see the the community and culture we have in the dance world and that some of the connections we have, we'd love to introduce you to. So we'll talk more on that. Uh, well, anything else? Mm-mm. Well, let's shut this one down. We could go all day. Yeah. Uh, Kendall, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, there very well could be a second episode if you were be up for that and we could dive into even some deeper topics. We just wanted to lay a foundation today. Mm-hmm. Um, where can we follow you? Where can we find you? What are your, um, yeah, I mean, thanks for Thanks for having me. Um, I, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best place that I recommend dancers finding me. Um, cause then from there you can find all the other things, but it's, um, at train with Kendall on Instagram. Um, my website is bodyconnect.org. Um, but if you go to my Instagram, you can find my website, all all the links there. So yeah, it's usually the easiest. Awesome. Well, I do know she's got some great freebies available. She's got some ways that you can work deeper with her, which mm-hmm. is super great. Um, I've I've done my my research. I love what you have going on there. Very <laughs> aesthetically you. pleasing. Great um, resources in there that she just gives away. Um, follow her, like her. If you need to reach out, do so. Uh, Kendall, thanks again. Thank you. Yeah.